Saluton amicoi kai bonvenon. Podiao ni ludas Planescape Torment. Um, what happened is we. You may recall last time we were playing Planescape Torment, and we had a really cool time. Um, learning about the unbroken circle of Zerthamon and the tales that it tells. However, there is a system within this game. Uh, oh, here we go. There's a system within this game where your um, your character level is. Uh, so your experience is one value, and your character level is then determined based off of your experience. However, the experience required to level up changes based on your class. So fighters and wizards don't level up at the same rate. Thief, cleric, they all level up at different rates. This is kind of fine, except that it's stupid. But it's kind of fine, um, except that the nameless one can change his class. And then when you change class, your experience number stays the same, but then your level... So I have currently 18,540 experience. And that puts me at, at as a fighter, that puts me at level five. Uh, you get level five at 16,000, you get level six at 32,000. If I were to be a wizard instead, I don't even know what the required numbers would be. Like I maybe I would still be level five, maybe I wouldn't be level five. But your experience goes into this big single time pool. Also, every time you get to the highest level number you've ever been to before, you get uh, some, you get the effects of leveling up. But like if you're, if you're level five as a fighter and then you switch to wizard and then you are level five wizard, you don't get any benefits. And then when you go to level 6 as a wizard, you get the wizard benefits. And then if you switch back to fighter and it puts you down to level 5 and then you become level 6 again, you don't... You already got your level 6 benefits as a wizard. So it's it's this weird version of dual classing. You could think of it as a weird version of dual classing and you wouldn't be too far wrong. But, unfortunately for us, you get a lot of experience from reading the Unbroken Circle of Zerthamon and delving into its secrets. Um, but that means that we skyrocketed our level, except we skyrocketed it as the wrong class. So, um, at level 7 and at level 12, you get these specialization bonuses. If your first time gaining level 7 is in Fighter or Wizard or Thief, you get a different bonus. And then if you double specialize in a class, you get a bonus. And if you like split your specialization points, like one level, one in fighter and one in wizard, then you get the first specialization for both fighter and wizard. You have to, you have to double up. You know, like your level 12 specialization isn't always the better specialization if you split it. I hope I'm making sense so far. The problem is this: we leveled up from level six to level eight using all of that Zerthamon experience. However, that jumps us past level 7 when we're supposed to get our specialization thing. So we actually ended up with a wizard specialization on our record, which isn't what we wanted. Um, unfortunately, when I tried to go back to a previous save, to like where we hadn't, hadn't gone up too high, I couldn't find a save that would do it right. And I, we ended up not getting any specialization bonuses at all which is a drag. So because the amount of time that I'd actually played in the game, like if you didn't have to read it all aloud, is actually quite short, I just started a completely new file. So people watching the video version that have been seeing the screen that I've been sitting on this entire time will note, and now the rest of you get to know, that uh, on this new file, I am level five. I have intelligence 18, wisdom 18, charisma 14. All the other stats are nine. And we're going to... Uh, Charisma 16 is an important breakpoint later in the game. So we're going to 
You can get tattoos that increase your stats. Uh, so we're going to get some charisma bonus tattoos. Um, I think we're going to start improving Khan with level ups now. But importantly, this is technically a new save file. So I tried to do as close to the previous set of quests as possible. Um, I may have missed something. So there could be a small discontinuity here. We're just going to... Um, just We're just going to pretend that the Dovahkiin showed up and did some walking between the worlds. And uh, we're back outside the mortuary entrance in the hive. And we're going to go to a place called Angyar's house. We're going to talk to Angyar. I mean, there's, they're important enough to have a house right next to the mortuary. They must be pretty cool, right? So inside is a house that is, in fact, uh, decently cool. I mean, if this were a New York apartment, you'd be paying like $5,000 a month or something. Um, so inside there are two characters, Angyar and wife of Angyar. Uh, good that she has... Good that she has some uh, description of her own. Um, let's see. So let's talk to Angyar and see what's going on here. This man looks haunted. His eyes are half-lidded, as if he has had trouble sleeping and his hair is long and unkempt. His beard is flecked with bits of dead skin and old bits of food. He doesn't seem to notice you as you approach. Man's same, bro. Greetings! The man glances up at the sound of your voice, and his slack expression vanishes. It looks like someone has lit two fires in his eyes. What be your business barging into my house? His eyes narrow and his teeth clench. Get, or I'll send you back to whatever grave you, grave you crawled from. Uh, let's see. Hmm. I'm going to pick... We have some options where we could fight him. I'm going to pick Calm Yourself. I had some questions. The man's face turns blood red and he begins shouting, Are you daft? With a snarl, he spits at your feet. You're a filthy, scar-ridden dog. Off with ye. Or even the powers won't be able to save your hide. All right, well, farewell then. The man throws a parting shot at your back. You best never cross me door again, you wretch stinking bastard. Oh, I'm sorry for the swears, folks. Um, leave without another word. All right, so we're not talking to Angyar. Uh, let's talk to wife of Angyar. This woman looks to be in her middle years, and her hair has streaks of gray running through it. Lines of worry crisscross her face. As she sees you, she seems torn between asking you to leave and calling for the man at the table. Uh, I'm assuming the man at the table is supposed to be Angyar. Greetings. You'd, you'd best leave, for I call me husband. You won't take kindly to you having barged your way into our home. Uh, let's see. Calm down, I just had some questions. She glances toward the husband, worrying her eye. I... I have not the time, stranger. Do not be troubling me with such things. Excuse me, are you all right? Me? She seems surprised. Oh, I, I... She lowers her voice. You'd best leave. Me husband has not been himself of yet. You'd best not provoke him with your presence. Um, a lot of these answers are, like, way more violent than usual. One of the options is, well, he'd best not provoke me, and neither should you. Now I have the following questions. It's like... Uh, we're, we're barging into this person's house and basically threatening to kill them. We are murder man for sure. Let's see. I spoke with him. He seems troubled. What's wrong with him? He's been out of sorts of late. A touch of the cough, maybe. She gives an unconvincing half shrug. What's really wrong with him? I think... I think he's done something he regrets. Her worried expression melts into despair. I think he signed one of the dead contracts. I cannot imagine what possessed him to do such a foolish thing. Dead contracts? The dead... The dustmen have contracts that give them the right to someone's body after they die. What did the dustmen do with the body after death? We know, but we're letting the lady describe what she thinks. Animate it with their black magics. Turn it into one of the walking dead. Make it a worker till... She looks at her husband helplessly. Till it rots away. Hmm. Why did your husband do such a thing? 
He may have been goat-eager to bring home some more jink than custom. He's prideful, but I think he's hurt himself more by doing so. Can this contract be undone? She looks at you, surprised and sighs. I've tried. I've spoken to Dustman. He said this sign-in with, but he's cold and chill like all the Dusties. He even lectured me on me husband if, as if I had no right to try and help him. Her lips become a tight, thin line, as if picturing the Dustman's face. He was cold and cruel, he was. Let me see what I can do. Who was the Dustman your husband signed the contract with? The Dusty calls himself Gravesend. I know not his first name. He has a table at the Dustman Bar in the Hive, gathering dust. I believe the place is named. You can most like find him there, trying to get more people to sign his contracts. I'll seek him out then. Updated Where is this gathering dust bar? How oh, well, we know about that. We've been to the gathering dust bar. I won't turn away from such a friendly gesture. She seems grateful. Then her worried expression returns. But I must ask you not to let on I asked you to do such a thing. My husband has a terrible temper. And if he were to find out... She shudders. I'm going to vow that her husband... I vow that your husband will not find out. All right. Thank you, stranger. I appreciate your help. It's no trouble. I'll go see about undoing your husband's contract now. All right. So we're going to sort out this dustman contract situation I'm but gone. we're not going to like so he can know that the contract is undone he just can't know that the wife said to do it um obviously he's not going to feel better if we don't tell him that we've solved the contract all right we're in the bar i see mortai i see emmerich mortai oh mortai gravesend okay mortai gravesend this tiny wizened man is dwarfed by his huge dustman robes. They look as if they were chosen to cloak his small stature. Although he looks to be in his late 90s, this man is extremely energetic. He fidgets continually, and his eyes dart around the bar like a bird's. Greetings. The man's eyes gleam as he takes your measure, and he gives a slight nod in greeting. Hail and well met, traveler. You look like one who is just getting their single legs about them. He trails off. Pardon me, have we met before? Your face seems familiar somehow. No, at least I don't recall you. Hmm, maybe I was mistaken. Mortai shakes his head. Well, no matter, no matter. How is it that Mortai Gravesend may help you? Do you seek... He cocks his tongue as he speaks. The contract, perhaps? Mortai Gravesend, are you the dustman who signed the contract with Angyar? Mortai frowns. He looks puzzled. Mayhap? He thinks for a moment. I do not recall the name, however. Uh, let's see. I would like to settle the contract, or do you have the contract with you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna describe what I want to have happen. And that way, if he doesn't have it with him, then, then he can go get it, maybe. Mortai looks wary. I'm afraid that is impossible. The contract is signed, settled, and binding. Uh... Oh, okay, I can tell a truth, which normally I like to do because it makes us more lawful because we're trying to go for lawful good. But here the truth is, I suggest you hand over the contract right now or I'll butcher you where you stand, which sounds less than lawful good. We're just going to say. Uh, let's see. The contract is tearing the man's life apart or... The contract is tearing the man's life apart. It is causing him distress. It is possible that he may not even be able to approach the true death with such emotions churning in his mind. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna poke him in the religion. Mortai chews it over for a moment. It looks like you've negotiated him into a corner. I cannot. It is a matter of law, my friend. Besides, the burden lies upon the signer to overcome his own feelings in order to reach the true death. I cannot. So what you're saying is that you'll deny him the true death for the sake of a piece of parchment? Uh, that's definitely... I mean, there are, there are lots of other options there, but I have to pick that one, that's that's for sure. Mortai sighs and holds up his hands as if to plague at you. Look, it is not how you are making it out to be. You obviously hold the philosophy of the dustman in contempt to damn a man's soul over a piece of paper. Do other members of your faction know of your conduct in this regard? If not, they soon will. Mortai glares at you for a moment, opens his mouth, closes it, and then opens it. By the nine hells, wait here! 
he drops his voice to whisper, And keep your bone box latched. He gives an angry scowl and stomps off. Now we wait. A few seconds later, he returns. He's holding a dusty piece of parchment, which he gives you. Here, he sniffs disdainfully. All for a man's peace of mind. Now be gone and nettle me with your preachings no longer. I will leave for now. Farewell, Morkai. Well, we got the contract. And we got experience just for getting the contract. I'm gone. We, uh, let's go back to Angyar's house. Let's talk to Angyar. We can't give it to the wife. Because if we give it to the wife, she'll give it to the husband, and then she'll know about the thing. So we're going to talk directly to Angyar this time. Let's, we're going to hope he's calmed down a bit. You see Angyar. He doesn't look any better than before. As you approach him again, he turns slowly to face you. His face tightens... Yeah, again! Didn't you hear me the first time, you pox-ridden dog? Get out of me house, or so help me the powers, I'll carve you where you stand. I can start with I spoke to your wife. Don't want that. Go ahead and try if you think you have the strength. No one speaks to me that way. Take back your words, or this house will become a crypt. Oh, we could be murder man! Let's see. Show him his dustman contract. That's what we want. As you pull out the contract, the blood drains out of Angara's face. For a moment, he seems to be at a loss of four words. Then his temper quickly resurfaces. Where'd you get that by the powers? Ye best tell me. I can say that your wife told me where it was. Or I took it from a dustman named Mortai. It has your name on it. I'm going to tear up the contract. Updated my journal. You tear up the parchment and Angier's eyes follow the bits of paper as they float to the ground with a desperate look. He shudders slightly then straightens as if a great weight has lifted from him. Ye... He looks as like he is about to thank you, then stops and stares at you suspiciously. Nothing's free, not in the hive cutter. Uh, ooh, consider this free and expect a lot of the rules in the hive to change while I'm around. That's right. We're for direct action and community support. Also, we're like a weird immortal guy, but what direct action and community support. Angers, oh yeah, Mort's theme is this weird sound effect thing. We're not going to play that. Angyar's angry expression crumbles. He looks tired of fighting his good fortune. I I must, must have prayed to the right powers this past half month. He sighs. You have me thanks, Cutter, for whatever that's worth. Uh, It's worth a great deal to, I can say, just don't make the same mistake again. Or I can say, it's worth a great deal to me. Take care, Angyar. I'm gonna say that. We're cool. We're cool, boy. We got an achievement. Achievement unlocked. Uh, we can't activate the steam layer. Uh, I think I think it said that the... Um, know, it's because we're goody two-shoes? Current alignment, neutral, good. Okay, yeah, we have become a good character. Done. We're not lawful good yet, we're neutral good, but we're getting there. Um, let's see. Oh, actually, wait, we can ask Angyar about Ferrod according to the guide. Let's see if we can talk to him. Let's go back and talk to Angyar about Ferrod. Because we still don't know where Ferrod is. Let's see. You see, Angar, he looks much better than before. Some color has returned to his face, and his eyes have lost their haunted look. As you approach him, he again, he turns slowly to face you, and he snorts. <laughs> if it isn't the hive's own saint of sods, sods like myself, he grunts. What can I do for ye? I had some questions. Ask your questions. Uh, I can ask him why he signed the Dustman contract, but we're not going to pick at a settled matter. Um... I'm looking for a man named Farah. Do you know where I can find him? Aye, that name be known to me. It's not a name, a fond name it is either. Uh, what can you tell me about him? He frowns. He's one of them collectors. And one with a long shadow. It's quite a few boys at his beck and call. He may not be Lord of the Realm, but he's not a smart one to tangle with, Lord or no. Do you I'm know where I can find job. him? Aye, but I wouldn't be doing ye a favor telling it to ye. His frown deepens. One of me kin fell into his lot a few months back and spilled some of the dark old Farod. To hear tell, Farod's actually got his kit buried somewhere under Ragpicker Square. To get to it, there's some kind of portal you need to jump through while carrying some junk in your hand. 
I see. Farewell. That is the best explanation we've gotten so far as to what we're supposed to do. Um, have some junk in your inventory. And then we go to a very specific spot. And then we can... Um, uh, it'll open a portal and then we can go through. Um... Let's see. Do, 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 do. I think this is it for the stuff outside. Hmm. Okay. So we can sign a death contract. Um... And it gives us experience. Um, we're going to do things a little out of order. Uh, because we can get a stat point if we go over to the Smoldering Corpse Bar. So we're going to go grab that stat point. Then we'll come back and do the Gathering Dust Bar stuff. I'm gone. Um... Let's see. Let's see. We're supposed to talk to... O? Who's at... 10-8? All right. Ah, here we go. Oh, he's actually got the same character model as Angyar had. O. It's just the letter O, kind of like Q. Hi, Troy. You see a man standing stock still. He isn't moving a muscle. On closer examination, it appears that he isn't even breathing, just standing. His eye sockets are empty holes in his face. Contained within their bounds is a flat gray light that seems to dance with possibility. Looking into the sockets, the eerie empty feeling of a limitless void shivers through you, as if you had gazed into a sliver of eternity. The head slowly swivels toward you. You notice that no muscles appear to move under the skin as he turns. And he speaks in a pure, bell-like tone. Well met, Wanderer. You have forgotten again, haven't you? Are you Farad? I'm looking for Farad the Collector. That's an option. That'd be an interesting option, but I know that he's not. Uh, because we just found out that Farad's in Ragpicker Square. So I'm going to say, do you know me, stranger? As he opens his mouth, you get that feeling of eternity again. Inside his mouth, you see no tongue, no teeth. It's almost as if this man were a shell surrounding an imitable expanse. I have spoken with you before, and always you forget. Your endless quest to discover yourself ends always in your amnesia. You draw close to the truth and recoil. Let us hope that you have the strength to endure your existence. What do you know of me? How do you know this? I know that you, like a fly, rise up from the wreckage of your old shell, buzz about for a time, and curl up and die at the window of truth. You bumble about the plane, seeking the light without any plan to your actions, and fall exhausted when you fail. You alight on others to feed from them for a time, and move on with no regard to them. I have watched you come here and listen to your words, and watched you move away no wiser. Will you learn from your mistakes, Seeker? Uh, I have the option to attack him. I can say, I don't think I like your tone, which probably leads to us attacking. I'm going to say, who are you? I am O. For some reason, when he speaks his name, it sounds like he's speaking of much more than a single letter, as if the speaking of his name contained untold possibilities and nuances. No human tongue could ever create such a sound. Uh, what are you? It is my name. It is the name of a portion of eternity. I am a letter in the divine alphabet. Understanding me leads to understanding existence. 
I am writ in the true names of half of everything. My being encompasses truth. I am mathematic, organic, metaphysic. So what does that mean? I like this. That's a very Sokka answer. Or a very Sokka retort. Reply? I think reply is the word I'm looking for. The divine alphabet is writ in the name of everything that exists, from the seed at the hearts of the eternal plains to the core of the great beyond. My brothers, sisters, a single word here translates into two in your mind, and I reach across all that is, was, or ever shall be. We are thought and reality and concept and the unimaginable. Uh, there are some interesting options here. Um, I can, I'm going to say, I'm just going to go down the, I'm going to hope that we can ask him everything. So we're going to go down the list. Tell me about the great beyond. This is, this is getting good. You would not understand. No mortal possibly could. It is beyond the powers of comprehension of all, but the most powerful of powers. And once they understand, they move beyond the veil of mortal comprehension. I can explain it no more than that. Perhaps sometime you will understand. So what are you doing here? Why, I am watching the ebb and flow of mortality. And what do you see? You mortals are like wasps. You build your lives' nests from the slimmest of branches, and when the wind shakes your home life free, you seek to sting the wind to death. Instead of realizing your foolish mistakes and attempting to repair the damage you have caused yourselves and learning from your experience, you bring harm to any who have the misfortune to blunder near you in your time of pain and distress. My advice to you, and to all mortals, stop acting like an insect and start acting sentient. Well, I'll think about that. In the meantime, answer some more questions for me. Uh, let's see. What was that you were saying about the divine alphabet? Ah, here we go. So that gets us back to the previous thing. So I can ask, so what are you doing here? Oh, okay. We already did that one. In the meantime, answer some questions. The divine alphabet then that means you know all the secrets of existence, doesn't it? I know parts of many of them. Without a connection to my brother's sisters, I am but a letter. Alone, I am a symbol. Combined, we are language and power. So you don't know the secrets of existence? I did not say that. A letter is still a powerful force, even on its own. Allow me to show you. He opens his mouth wider and wider still. The mask of his face tears around his eyes, mouth, and nose, revealing that hint of eternity you glimpsed earlier. You are lost in it, adrift in it, a part of it. You return to your mundane senses and realize that O has vanished, yet somehow your horizons have expanded. Enlightenment has brushed you, however briefly, across the brow. That was indescribable so oh has actually disappeared he's gone the conversation's over i can't ask any more questions but we gained a wisdom point we are now at uh we're at wisdom 19 which is pretty heckin wise i'm gone all right let's go back to that dustman bar i that was cool i do not I genuinely did not remember that we had that cool encounter. I saw in the guide that um, we that we like we, we could get the stat point. So I'm like, oh, let's go get the stat point. But I had forgotten that we had a cool brush with eternity. I'm gone. <sighs> oh, the unfortunate part about. I mean, eventually we're going to do the Unbroken Circle of Zerthamon stuff again because it gets Dakon his uh, stat upgrades. But unfortunately, it means Dakon doesn't get any stat upgrades right now. But we'll do that again when, like, after we have 
um, after we've gained level 7 and possibly level 12 in a more natural way. Um, let's talk to Emmerich. I had some questions for you. Oh, I think I already talked to Emmerich. Uh, and we're supposed to talk to Nerochi about joining the Dustman. Ah, yes. You see Nerochi. He is pulling at one of his spikes of hair and using it to scratch a spot on his face. You can't help but think he'd look a lot better with dreadlocks. Emmerich told me to speak to you, Nerochi. Emmerich sent you. He studies you for a moment, then sighs and points at himself. Narochi is Dustman. Guard. Serve Dustman interest. Protect Dustman interest. Protect Dustman reputation. The man sighs again. In the hive, many thieves. One thief wears robes of Dustman, but a Dustman not. There's a thief Updated disguised as a Dustman? Narochi nods. Find him I cannot. Important to the Dustman he is. I could track him down for you. Narochi nods again. For making my troubles your troubles. Copper coins will I pay. From the, Find the not dustman, deal with him, then return. Narochi will wait. Very well. I will return when I have found this not dustman. Um, let's see. Uh, the thief for Narochi. Uh, one area south, one area left. All right. South. And then All right. left. Uh, Ashmantle. We're looking for someone named Ashmantle. Uh, All right. Hey, I see him. Oh, we got an angry hive, thug. Time to... Yeah. Honestly, you'd think that, like... Oh, where are we? Come back. Come back, everyone. He, he did run off before we killed him. You'd think that, like, oh, maybe the person who just keeps murdering all these thugs, the other thugs would be like, oh, maybe I don't want to get murdered. Boy. So now we're talking to Ashmantle. You see a dustman in long black robes and a pale face. Unlike the dustman you saw in the mortuary, however, this man looks confused and is glancing about, as if looking for something. When he spots you, he raises his hand to attract your attention. Well, greetings. The man seems relieved that you are speaking to him. He bows slightly. Thank you for hearing me, traveler. I am known as Ashmantle, one of the dustmen sect. I was wondering if you could direct me. I don't know the area very well, and I'm looking for a certain establishment. A bar that those of my sect frequent. Do you know of such a place? Hmm. You know, okay, so I can tell him it's by the mortuary, or I can say, you know there's been talk, and there's a pickpocket masquerading as a dustman around here? Maybe you know him. The man looks at you innocently, but you see him tense up. I'm sorry? You're no dustman, you're a pickpocket. Ashmantle suddenly takes off running. Damn it. So uh, we're going to pause, we're going to tell the whole party to attack him, and then we're going to unpause, and hopefully they will kind of chase him down. Unfortunately, like, oh no. Oh no, he's not. They didn't corner him. So he sort of looped and then got out of... And, and like, as, because he's constantly running, they can't actually stop and make a melee attack, really. So we're just kind of goofily chasing him all over the hive. Here we go in a little north. Oh, he got pushed up against some barrels. Now he's a dead, dead duster. He's got a jagged knife and a rusty dagger. Um... We'll just throw those in Mort's inventory. Uh, copper earring from that thug. Alright. Ash mantle. Now. 
Okay, so so we said we just accused him of being a thief, Gone. and then he was like, uh, and then runs away. But did we have any evidence? Like, metagame, I knew he was the correct person. But did we have any evidence at all that he was the thief? Right. Or did we just, like, kill the first Dusty that we found and then say he was the thief? I don't know. You see Narochi. He's pulling at one of his spikes and hair and using it to scratch a spot on his face. You can't help but think he'd look better with dreadlocks. I found the not dustman. He's too busy being dead to pickpocket Updated anyone again. Journal. Narochi's lines of worry smooth out as you speak. Thanks, give I. He reaches into his robes and draws forth a small bag, which he hands to you. Copper coin, twice a hundred. Thanks. Glad I could help. Farewell. I'm gone. Alright. Um Let's see. Uh, so we talk to Emmerich again. You see Emmerich. He's regarding you with a stony gaze. I had some questions for you. Um, I spoke with Narochi and did as he asked. Emmerich nods. You have done as I asked. Do you wish to continue your initiation? Uh, let's see. I can pick... Yes, I would like to see more of the Dustman faction. I have another test. Sneak out one of our initiates, awaiting death. He is here in the bar. He reaches for the true, be the true death out of passion. If he persists, it shall remain forever out of his reach. Speak with him and see if he can be helped. I'll speak to awaiting death and see what can be done. Uh, where is awaiting death? Oh my gosh, there's so many people in here. Oh, he's out of the corner. Before you is a young dustman with stubble on his chin and dark circles beneath his eyes. He is staring at the wall with a somber expression. Greetings. The dustman doesn't look up. He stares straight ahead, as if he is seeing something several leagues beyond the wall of the bar. Can I ask you some questions? The dustman doesn't respond. He keeps staring into the distance. Alrighty then, Mort hisses. Let's go, chief. This dusty might as well be fertilizer. Fair enough. Let's get out of here. As you turn to leave, the dustman suddenly speaks, his voice barely a murmur. You have to strain to hear the words. You think he said something about wanting to die. What did you say? The boy's expression does not flicker. Do you want to die? Uh, I can say truth, no, do you. Truth, yes, do you. Lie, yes, do you. I really don't know. Do you want to die? Are you threatening me, boy? And farewell. Uh, I'm gonna say... Hmm... I don't... I'm gonna say I really don't know. This isn't about me, this is about... Uh... Him. He says yes. Hmm. Why do you want... I can say why do you want to die, or why don't you want to live? Or then why haven't you killed yourself already? Well, but I'm supposed to be trying to chill this dude out so that he can get to the true death in the proper way. True death is basically like uh, off-brand Buddhism. It's like a Nirvana, Oblivion thing. Um, I'm gonna say, why do you want to die? This existence, this existence is a mockery of life. I do not wish to continue the charade any longer. His face wrinkles in disgust. Why would anyone wish to remain in this foul city, in the center of a multiverse, that feeds on pain and hatred? Death is silent and comforting. Uh, that's a bleak outlook. There's a lot more to life than pain and hatred. This is living? He bares his teeth and his hands clench. This existence... This existence is a mockery of life. I do not wish to continue the charade any longer. Death is silent. Comforting. Maybe after the first death. The dustman blinks and sneers. The first death? What, were you resurrected? Ah. Uh, hmm. 
I can say resurrected. I can say try and kill me then. See what happens. I could say, would you like to see? I can say, I don't know. I've yet to see what lies beyond death and remember it. If I die again, perhaps then I could speak of it. If I ever die and remember, I will return and speak of it to you. Then you may gauge whether I lie or not. Farewell. I think the only one lying is you and only to yourself. Farewell. Hmm. Um. Let's see. Until you, hmm. What's the guide say? Beyond this point, there are a bunch of different ways to complete the awaiting death subplot. If you've died once already, you can tell him what lies on the other side. If you want, you can kill him yourself. To show him the power of death. You can even ask him why he hasn't killed himself yet. And he'll ask you to do it for him. If you refuse to kill him, he won't talk to you ever again. Uh... Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna- I'm gonna act normal. I'm not gonna give up that I'm a immortal dude to these Dustman people right now. I'm gonna say resurrected. Resurrected, brought back to life. The magic required is indeed powerful. Uh, who would be capable of such power? That's This is an interesting... I want to know. The powerful sorcerer or priest or one of the powers? But not anyone I know, he frowns. And I don't believe you know of anyone of that sort either. Hmm... Let's see... You don't believe I can't die? I can prove it to you. What What do you mean? He looks at you like he wants to turn away, but he cannot. You can't seriously take your hands, twist your own neck. Your vision returns slowly. Your death felt different this time. You see a waiting death standing above you. He looks horrified and fascinated. He has propped you up into a chair and is looking apprehensively at the other bar patrons. They don't appear to have noticed. Or have mistaken you for a drunk. Convinced now? Are... Are you one of the walking dead? I can say no, yes, or I don't know. I'm gonna pick I don't know. Then what are you? I don't know. But I die, and I'm reborn. Yet... You still think? You still feel? Yes. But there... There is a hollowness. Something is missing, and it eats at you. Never leaves you at peace. To be dead and still think and feel. Will misery ever leave a body be? The thought seems to horrify him. Even death is no release. Indeed. Perhaps you should be not so quick to abandon this life before knowing what the next life holds for you. The boy falls silent, thinking. Eventually, he turns back up to you. Your words carry weight, sir, and a fresh perspective. I will do as you have said. That is all I ask. Live, grow old, learn. Farewell. Well, we got 500 experience. And I have some questions for you. I spoke with awaiting death. I would know what you spoke of. He has chosen life over death for now. I would know your thoughts on awaiting death's choice. Um... I can say he will never be a dustman. He is not a dustman, perhaps in time. Or he is a dustman. He has learned his lesson. Hmm. I'm going to say he is a dustman. He's learned his lesson. You spoke with the initiate awaiting death. Your thoughts on the initiate awaiting death are known to me. You have done as I asked. Amrick nods. I have another test. There is another I wish you to speak to here at the bar. Her name is Sere. Sere is an initiate of the fifth circle. Emmerich falls silent for a moment. She no longer holds Dustman teachings, as she once did. Her heart is bitter. One would know why. I will go speak to her now. 
Alright. Uh, that's old copper eyes. It's a zombie worker. Huh? Is she in here? I don't know if she's in here. Twelve comma six. Oh, set of the skeptic. Here we go. Set of the skeptic. As you approach, the elderly woman turns and stares at you. La, look who's come a calling on Saturday today. That's dearest son. She looks you up and down, then shakes her head in disbelief. By every power in its mother, boy. What crypt did you crawl out of? Uh... I could say I didn't crawl out of any crypt. Um... I guess I am fresh in the mortuary, actually. I can tell a joke while well, the crypt was losing its charm. So now I'm looking around for the right place to die. Know of anywhere? Um... The guide says that this is like a charisma, like you need 11 charisma, so I'm gonna say we're gonna pick the charisma option. She barks a laugh that rattles your ears. Ha! Not here. Unless you want to die of boredom. What's wrong with here? Yeah! Someone pinch your sense and your sight, boy? She waves her hand around the bar. Look around. What do your eyes tell you? Oh! <sighs> Dustman, a dustman bar. I'm gonna say a dustman bar. Very good, sir. Sede chuckles dryly, though she doesn't seem to be laughing at you. At the risk of explaining myself, dustmen are the dullest breed of dullards ever to nest in Sigil. Always speaking of death reverently, like it's some holy union that every creature in the multiverse should strive for. But you're a dustman. A dustman? I suppose, Sarah sniffs. Tch! I've seen enough sand pass through the hourglass while wearing these robes. This body's almost ready to pay the ferryman. She chuckles, but there's not much mirth in it. Are you afraid of dying? Of course I am, boy. Who isn't? She frowns and glances around. Well, except Dustman. They're not afraid because they've been swallowing so much of their own bat droppings over the decades. They've blinded themselves into thinking that death is some kind of release. You don't sound much like a dustman. She shrugs. I guess the dustman robes don't fit on me as well as they used to. What happened? She shrugs. Life, I suppose. It. Ha! Never you mind. I won't have bore you with the mingling, the niggling details. I'd like to know, actually. Oh, would you? She looks at you skeptically. How old do you take me for, boy? Uh, truth old. Let her down gently. Not too old. Lie out of kindness. Rather youngish. I'm gonna say truth old. She snorts. Well, you're wrong. I'm really old. Now, I've spent most of my long years teaching dustmen. I've seen many dustmen whelps grow within our order, taught them the ways of the faction, kept the faith, preached the tenets of the faction. She frowns. And so on and so on. No questions, no doubt. This life was merely an antechamber that led to the true death. What happened? Well, a half month back, I went sick with the fever, she sighs. I thought it was the end. I... It rattled me cage. How? Her face becomes a stone. There's something about having your faction members circle around your deathbed like a pack of pale-faced ghouls, nodding and agreeing that your suffering and dying is all for the best. Oh, Seria is so fortunate. She shall soon be relieved of the burden of life. Burden of life? That's when it struck me. That? That there's something... A queer expression comes over her features. Addled about not appreciating your life. The Dustman keeps saying that life is misery and suffering. Is it? That we should be happy to pass into oblivion? Should we? She shakes her head. Questions, questions, and precious few answers. It doesn't sound like you believe in the dustman philosophy anymore. I suppose I've got a swarm of doubts all buzzing in my skull. She rubs her temples. 
Hard to get them to all be quiet sometimes. They need to f be fed some answers, and I haven't got them all worked out yet. What will you do? To be square, boy? I don't know, said I sighs. That's the problem with doubt. I can't even trust that what I'm feeling is true, or if I'm scared of death only because of my brush with the fever, or even what I should do. Is this a passing thing? I don't know. Hmm. Got two options. Said if you truly believed in the dustman philosophy, then your brush with the fever would not have left you with such doubts. So we can basically say, don't be a dustman, I guess. Um, also, we can say, Sede, I would treat this as a test of your belief. It sounds like these feelings are only temporary. All these years of devotion to the dustman could not have been false. Hmm. I'm going to encourage her to stay as a dustman. Sede stares at you, then nods slowly. Maybe so. Maybe so. She frowns her face, wrinkling up in concentration. I'll have to chew it over some more. You should. It's no small matter. Lach! Now, enough of me rattling on about my woes. Sari stares at your scars. You look like you've shared a few handshakes with death yourself. Hasn't that changed your views somewhat? Doesn't it make you appreciate life a bit more? Hmm, I can, I can give up the, the fact that I'm a person who can't die. I can say truth, yes. I can say truth, not really. Hmm, I'm going to say truth, yes. And well, it should. Nothing comforting about death. I must take my leave. Farewell. I'm not again. I'm not going to give up that we're uh, we're an immortal. You see, Emmerich, he's regarding you with a stony gaze. I had some questions. I spoke with Sede. I would know what she see what she said to you. The fever she was stricken with half a month ago made her afraid of death. She blames the dustman. I would know what you said to her. I told her that fear is temporary. Time will prove her a dustman. You have done as I asked, Emmerich nods. Do you wish to continue your initiation? Yes, there is more I would learn about the dustman faction. I wish to continue with the tests. An initiate of the fifth circle, Soego, has undertaken missionary service for the dustman. Emmerich falls silent for a moment. You don't know whether he's trying to make a point, or whether he's confused. His path is not one known to me, nor to the faction. I would know his whereabouts. Uh, I'll go look for him then. Uh, I'll take my leave. Alright. 